The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Apparently Twilight. Uh, as we are on our third episode does, of only talking does, about shitty vampire movies. Does Twilight have a heart or does Twilight just have sparkly glitter pants? I mean, it definitely has anatomy. What it does There's not anatomy. have is souls. That, see, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, I know way too much about this fucking franchise now. You're, you're not even, honestly, honestly, you're not even to the most banana pants installments like it's like each one increases the weirdness all right so like you're not even prepared for the last two you're just not you're not i'm just gonna be silent for the rest of this podcast (laughs) oh perfect because i have some i have some reading to do and i have so many things to talk about is episode 130 something you don't really care it is episode three of our twilight series that's really all you care about that is all you care about the bella stars did start playing hockey again um yeah and brayden holtby is on our team now and you know that's That's... going away (sighs) i i don't know i haven't actually watched a game yet because i was out of town this week the stars might i haven't watched anything either for even less obvious reasons and just kind of pissy at hockey. But the scores haven't been good. No. The and game that they won, I think they won in overtime. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Uh, I, I, I read up on it later. I could be wrong. All of, But all of the commentary from people who did watch the game were like, well, I guess we're playing Rick Bonus hockey for another season. And that's almost more depressing than this movie. I mean, were we, were we surprised that we were playing Rick Bonus hockey under Rick Bonus? No, but I... And after the moves they made this offseason. Dallas is the oldest team in the league. When did that happen? This year. Literally this year now. I hate it. I know. It's bad. I hate it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm an old person, and so I do enjoy some representation. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm older than the oldest. No, I don't know. If no, I'm older than the oldest. no, no, no. They, they. I think. Um, Who's still here? I think somebody's 41. Chara might be 41. Is Chara still an active player? Yeah, he's on the Islanders. Okay. Somehow we got suckered into okay. talking about hockey on our. We did. We did. There are one, two, three players that are older than me. There you go. I don't... Mm. Oh, this is from 2020. I don't know if these people are still playing. Who? Uh, Ryan Miller? I don't think he... No, I don't think he's playing. Ron Hainsey. I don't know about that. I don't even know who that is. And Craig Anderson. Definitely no. Okay, then no. I think I might be the oldest person in the world. How old is Chara? I'm looking this up now. Does he just look old? No, Chara's no. 44 years old. Okay, so this list is bullshit. That list is bullshit. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, here's the list from September 21st. There you go. Zidane Chara is 44 years old. Joe Thornton, still older than me, 42 years old. Mike Smith. Nope. Okay, it's just two players. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered Mike Smith. Yeah, okay. Than me. When Joe Thornton... <laughs> Dino Chara retire. I'm just gonna go quietly into that good night. Is what's gonna. <laughs> I'm crying. Don't cry. We still have to talk about Twilight. So old. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Twilight. <laughs> You're about to save us let's... from this. Oh no. Yes. To save me from thinking about how old I am, let's talk about Twilight, the Twilight Saga, Eclipse. Parents, it's Halloween season. The Twilight Saga colon eclipse. If your child comes home from trick-or-treating, please check their buckets carefully to make sure they're not getting any Twilight content mixed into their candy. 
Honestly, it might be worse than drugs. It's definitely worse than drugs. You can recover from drugs. Okay, do we want to go about it the way that we usually do? <sighs> we can try. Okay, okay, okay. So I took notes as we were doing because I was watching it today. And my first note is, from the very first minute of the movie, when Bella says two out of three marriages end in divorce, my, my note here is, hey, Bella, do you know what's more permanent than marriage? <laughs> yeah. Turning yourself into a goddamn vampire. So, okay. <laughs> first and fucking foremost, I wrote about that scene as well. I, for, like, why are they in this field with so many fucking fake flowers? Because, <laughs> so first of all, first because of all. Those, that field does not actually exist in real life. No, but um, they have a fucking budget. I know. They could literally, literally buy plants. I know. And, and plant them and film the scenes they needed to film in a single afternoon probably but they had to pay so many fucking actors there were so many actors in this film um yeah including so an entirely many. different victoria <laughs> oh you know well you know like that that story is actually super shitty oh so no. it doesn't like it well okay super shitty is not really i mean it's shitty it's not super shitty anyway Bryce Dallas Howard was in consideration for Victoria from the beginning, but she didn't want to take it because she thought it was too small a role in the first and second film. So then um, she was more interested knowing what was coming up in the third film. Uh, and the first actress, Rochelle Lefebvre, um, and I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly at all, but anyway, uh, she uh, basically had like a nine-day like over lap with another project that she was working on and because of that nine day overlap they replaced her with Bryce Dallas Howard for the whole film oh that's bullshit yeah yeah it was bullshit so that is I mean I I do love Bryce Dallas Howard like in general because the first thing I ever saw her in was The Village and I fucking loved her in The Village because she's like charming and delightful but, like, that story makes me not like her very much. Even though it's not her fault, probably. Like, it's just kind of, uh, kind of a gross story. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's not extremely ethical. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's certainly far worse things that people have done to each other. But, like, oh, eh, yeah. you don't really want to work with that person. No. No. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, right. no, so anyway, going back to your original thing that you were talking about, I, I, as a child of divorce, have a lot of complicated feelings about marriage, and I really wish that if her marriage issues were about divorce, which it seems like they were trying to hint at, they made it more clear. I'm like, I don't always need super text. I'm okay with subtext in a lot of situations. But in this case, it just feels completely wild that she would want to be a vampire forever with this one guy at 18 and also be so anti-divorce. Anti-marriage. Yeah, or, yes. Yeah, I, okay, so full disclosure, I did reread New Moon before we did that podcast, but I tried really hard to read Eclipse and could not do it. I was I was in an RV with no internet connectivity or, or barely any and no TV and no video games for the last week and I still could not bring myself to read this book. Uh-huh. I literally got different books on my Kindle from the library so I wouldn't have to read this book. <laughs> that is how much I did not want to read it. And it's, I don't, so, like, the point here is that I don't remember how much that was, like, a consideration in the book. Or, and, like, how much it was, like, her feelings about divorce and her parents' divorce. Um, and how much of it was just, like, the other things that she said. Like, getting married at my age means I got knocked up and that kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. just kind of the, but, like, you're right. Like, if, if it is the divorce thing, they needed to sell it a little better than, like, she's already made this decision that she wants to literally die for this guy, mm -hmm. give up 
the rest of her life, her parents, her friends, and not see them again, ever, so that she can have this one dude that she's known for, let's be real, a couple of months. Yep. (laughs) Like, pretty, pretty weird that, you know, she's so willing to literally die, but not to actually, like, if it's just a piece of paper, like, sign a piece of paper and and go have a party, you know, like, what's the big deal here? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so positives, Team Charlie. Team uh, Charlie. I even the, said Team Parents overall. I did like that she had a good relationship with her mom. I so I'm I'm I I did like that scene with her mom, but I'm also kind of torn on that scene with her mom because I like Charlie's there, obviously, right? He's seeing this whole thing. He's in the trenches on this whole relationship with Edward thing. And, like, I really liked the conversation that he had with her in the beginning about having some separation and about, mm-hmm. like, not having her whole life be about Edward because, my God, like, that's everything. Every time I even try to read the book, I'm like, you need more of a personality than just I'm so in love with this one dude. Yeah. You know? Like, it's very, very overwhelming. Um, and, like, I really liked that whole conversation. But then when she's with her mom and she's having that conversation, it's like her mom is almost there you know with the whole he moves you move thing yeah and like that and, and then she's like eh, it's fine you probably know what you're doing kind of a thing yeah she's like, eh, whatever like she she's like she's so close so close and just doesn't like make the final connection for me and I was kind of like a little disappointed in that but at the same time Renee is the flighty mom. Renee is the flighty parent that moved mm-hmm. off to Florida, let her daughter go. Well, not let her daughter. Her daughter made her own decisions because that's what she can do when you're 17 and the child of a divorce. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, basically said farewell, you know, good good travels to your child going to Flo- to Washington State for the first time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked some of the conversation with Renee, but the rest of the conversation, it was like, oh, I feel like you could have been a better parent here. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, mostly was just, I liked that she felt like she could talk to her parents mm-hmm. and talk to, to, to Renee. Um, because you see so many teen movies and teen media where it's like, ugh, parents, can't talk to parents. And like, I do like that she, other than the whole vampire thing, does actually talk about her relationship with mm-hmm. both Charlie and Renee. Yes. Though I agree. I wrote down Ch- Renee saying, you're different with him. And I was like, that's not a great thing necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't we take a step back and examine what is different here? <laughs> yeah. What I wrote down is her mom is almost there, but it's like, hey, Here's some very legitimate concerns that I have, but also you're close to being adult, so I'm just gonna trust that you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, other things I loved because I just want to—it's like right above the thing about her mom, and I just have to talk about it. I love Jess so much. Yes, yes. Uh, the whole the reaction to "I've never seen your house" and her deadpan like "Oh my God, please let me go to your house" expression was yeah. great. Yeah, was I so also good. love during her valedictorian speech when she. Like, that pause right before she says, who the hell knows? Like, she feels like she's getting away with something in the middle of her valedictorian speech. I thought I thought that was just adorable. Mm-hmm. I loved it. The, the valedictorian speech was one of the two things I highlighted that I liked. Um, I thought it was a really well-done speech. And I thought it was a well-used speech in terms of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. In that it was obvious that it was supposed to represent... Bella's choice between Edward and Jacob and you're not supposed mm-hmm. to pick and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I liked it actually as a subtext. So again, I don't need super text all the time of also not making the decision on becoming a vampire right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it was almost very literally supposed to be about Edward versus Jacob, I think there was, for me, especially... I think because I am old and I'm like, why are the fuck do you want to die so quick? Uh, was for me a more of a like, why don't you push pause on the dead thing? Yeah. Um, but it was a good speech. Anna Kendrick was a star. Every time she's in the movie, I actually pay attention. Yep. Um, which was 
All right. I have so many things I did not like about this movie. That yeah, I'm let's just, do it. I'm let's just going to start right off the Go. bat with it's your least favorite. fucking boring. Yeah. It's so fucking boring. There yeah. is a, the actual plot of the movie is that there is a vampire army coming to off the Cullens because Victoria, now played by Bryce Dallas Howard, is still alive somehow and bent on revenge. That sounds like it should be fucking cool. You know what I would have wanted? I would have wanted way more about the Cullen's backstories. Because my favorite parts of these movies, well, my favorite part of this movie was Jessica and Rosalie. Yes! Rosalie was my other second thing. The only other thing I liked. <laughs> Rosalie's backstory was fascinating. And, yes. like, when you know all of that history, and when you have all of that, you understand why Rosalie is the way that she is, and why she's, like, why she voted no on joining the family, and, like, mm -hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's so, it's, like, it's so interesting. And the fact that we only get two backstories out of all of the Cullens really kind of pisses me off, because the other one <laughs> is a Southern Confederate soldier. Yes! yes! I can't even speak, I'm choking on it. Like... I cannot believe in the year of our Lord 2000 and whatever year this movie came out, we just put that out there with no context and no, like, examination of the fact that this man is literally a hundred-year-old Confederate soldier in a movie that has zero black people in it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, fucking zero. zero black people. None. There were none. There was that one black dude in the first movie that had, like, what, three lines? Yeah, he was one of the friend group. And he was the one that almost hit her and killed her with his van. Yeah. And But then after that, like, he just disappears and there are no black people in this film. And there are people of color, but they're, like, talked about as dogs. And I'm like, this, these movies are so racist. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. My little I'm, note was wild choice to make Jasper a confederate. And, but my other note about this, because again, going back to Rosalie and the one thing I liked. Oh, I love Rosalie. Why did it take us three fucking books to get anything from these guys? It wasn't books. These were, these were things that you knew in the, in the earlier in the books. Okay. These, this was, this is 1000% a filmmaking decision to just not give you backstory on the Cullens. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, part of my annoyance with Bella and her decision to become a vampire is that, and I've said this on every other, both of the other podcasts we've done so far, is her friends seem cool. Yeah. And the Cullens well, don't Mike's, seem cool. Mike seems, Mike, Mike seems like kind of a devil. Mike is a devil. But seem cool. But, you know, he's a straight white guy, so eh, given. But this is the first fucking time the Cullens have ever seemed cool. I know. It's Rosalie they specifically. Spent, like, they should have spent way less time on the vampire baseball team. <laughs> and, like, a little more time on developing these fuckers' backstories. Because, like, I've read the books, and I still don't remember what Edmund's backstory is. Like, he, he might as well be a walking plant. Like, I don't know what he does. He's basically a walking plant. I know. I'm going to try to read, um, I'm going to try really hard to read Breaking Dawn. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, there are just some things, like, there's some things that are going to happen in the movies that I'm going to need more context for than you are given in the movies so that I can share with you the full horror of what is going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Because speaking of full horror, let's go to something that was out of the movie. <laughs> I know exactly what's coming. Do you? Do you know what's coming? Because it has to do with Charlie. Oh. I don't think you know it's coming. Okay. Oh, no, no, so, no. I thought you meant about this movie specifically. I am talking about this movie specifically. Okay, then no. I don't know what you're talking about with Charlie specifically. Then. Well, tell me what you were going to guess first. Oh, the imprinting. Nope. Not this. That. Nope. 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 We're not. 
Because that actually gets more horrifying in the next movie, in the next two movies. Okay, well, um, go, go. Talk, talk to I me. I am specifically talking about the scene where Jacob kisses her and she punches his face. Yeah. Right? So let's talk, first of all, about Jacob and how horrifying of character he is. <laughs> so first of all, listen, listen, all you young men out there who may or may not be listening to this podcast, no fucking means no. No means no. No does not mean that you get to tell somebody how they feel and then pretend that it's being reciprocated. No means no. No means no. No means no. If a woman punches you after you kiss her, your next line should not be, I will not kiss you again until you ask me. It should be, fuck, I'm sorry, I will never talk to you again. Bye. Like, Mm -hmm. no means no. So, in the movie... After she gets home and, like, Jacob and and Edward have their little pissing contest, Charlie comes out and he breaks it up and then, you know, Jacob kind of, like, confesses to what happened. And this is how it happened in the book. Oh, no. We walked silently past the front room where Charlie was lying on the sofa. Hey, kids, he said, sitting forward. Nice to see you here, Jake. Hey, Charlie, Jacob answered casually, pausing. I stalked on to the kitchen. What's wrong with her, Charlie wondered. She thinks she broke her hand, I heard Jacob tell him. I went to the freezer and pulled out a tray of ice cubes. How did she do that? As my father, I thought Charlie ought to sound a little less amused and a bit more concerned. Jacob laughed. She hit me. Charlie laughed, too, and I scowled while I beat the tray inside the edge of the sink. The ice scattered inside the basin, and I grabbed a handful with my good hand and wrapped the cubes in the dishcloth on the counter. Why did she hit you? Because I kissed her, Jacob said, unashamed. Good for you, kid, Charlie congratulated him. Uh. Yeah. Okay, well, at least it did not happen like that in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking high-fived him, like a bro. Like, oh, you kissed my daughter, and then she, like, punched you? So clearly she didn't want to be kissed. Good job, kid. I'm so glad that you're trying to steal her away from this man that or this boy that she thinks she loves. Good job. Like, what? What? Yeah. Anyway. That's wild. That's I was very, real wild. I was very, very happy that they fixed the character of Charlie in the movie because I was horrified by that scene in the book. So all you fathers out there... <laughs> If your daughter comes home and she has injured herself fending off the unwanted advances of a boy, whether or not you approve of that particular boy in general as a mate for her, not a mate, let's not use that word. Yeah, not in this context. (laughs) Not in this context. As a boyfriend for her, she's giving you the signs in punching and injuring herself that that's not what she wants. And you should really respect that as her father and maybe not congratulate the person who is forcing unwanted advances on your daughter. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there as a tip for you moving forward. (laughs) Parenting lessons. Parenting lessons. From Twilight. From Twilight and your good pal Marin. I, um, well, I think in a related uh, thing we should talk about the fucking imprinting conversation because like obviously the whole thing with Jake has has been fucked since the last movie right it was really fucked in the first movie honestly it was pretty fucked in the first movie but it's like really fucked in the second movie and now we're getting into just I can't even use the word fucked anymore like that's how messed up it is um So the imprinting conversation, while I understand that it's going to get more wild from here on out, my first note is, okay, I know, but God, this is so heterosexual. I really wish, I mean, she's Mormon, so. I know, I know, I know. I really wish that she had explored that more because she did do something interesting with making Leah a werewolf. Like, that part of it is kind of interesting because the throughout the history of the rest of this, like, you know, mythology that she's cooked up, like, it was always dudes becoming werewolves. Mm-hmm. Even though, obviously, they're, 
female wolves in the wild. Like, I don't know why she only had men be werewolves other than heteronormativity. But, like, I thought that that part of it... I thought that part of it was pretty interesting. But then, like, you know, not... Not kind of going anywhere else with that. And, like, I I just want to say, I just want to say, in general, I am so fine with, like, soulmate AUs and soulmates in general and Mm -hmm. mating and imprinting. Like, that is, like, that trope is one of my jams. Like, I absolutely love it. Oh, and then you can do some really fun stuff with it, too. You can. But the way that she does it in this book is so weird. And, like... The fact that she has this whole thing where, like, it, it also leads to, like, spousal abuse is, you know, just, ugh, gross. And speaking of, like, Jake has already, like, literally in this conversation, which I don't know, was probably 20 minutes into the movie, better you be really dead than one of them. Yeah. What the fuck, Jake? You are yeah. saying that to a woman you purport to love? Yeah. Like, no. That is beyond a red fucking flag. That is literally, I will kill you if you choose this man kind of territory. Yeah. yeah. And it then is. you still have the fucking balls to be like, I love you. That's not the fucking absolute love. gall. The absolute gall. I know. Yeah, it was awful. I, yeah, I just, I, like, it's not that I, it's not that I don't like the trope. I like the trope. I don't like the way that she did the trope. The trope, the way she has executed takes all the joy from the trope. It really does. Like, it really saps all of the good feeling I would have otherwise had about the trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I, I do, I do like that. I do, I like it. Like, I mean, chocolate as a rule is good. But you yeah. can fuck up chocolate. You can put milk in it. Agreed. Milk chocolate is nasty. Is this the first time we've ever agreed on, like, a sweet thing? I think it might be. But, I, like, give me bitter, dark chocolate. Like, as dark <sighs> as my soul. Absolutely. Every goddamn time. Yeah. Milk chocolate and white chocolate are disgusting. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Strong, yeah. strong fucking agree. Hey, look, we can share chocolate. Hey! Like, the one thing... <laughs> The first time we've ever agreed on a dessert. Yep. <laughs> but, but, you know, if it's going to be one thing, at least it's going to be dessert. True. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Here are some other highlights that I'm looking at from the notes. Oh, no. Uh, one of the things that I wrote down is that I hate the way that she interacts with both of them throughout the movie. Like, just hate it. The mm-hmm. way that she talks to both of them. And the arbitrary lines in the sand that she keeps drawing... And the whole, like, forcing the relationship with Jacob when, like, she knows how Jacob feels about her. So the whole thing just kind of feels like stringing him along in a weird, like... Oh, absolutely. Power move way. That uh, whole especially... tent? Yeah. That whole tent scenario? Yeah. And what happens after the fucking tent scenario? Um, that's the other thing that I had out there <laughs> ready to read about in this Oh, my fucking God. Okay, before you you go into your passage. It is so long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Okay, before you read in your excerpt. Okay. My notes from that are, well, this is awkward. Also, Uh why no fucking shirt? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How is time passing in this fucking movie? We just graduated and there is now a snowstorm. Like... I get the why there's a snowstorm in that I also live in a mountainous environment and sometimes you get shit in May. Like, I went to Florence and Machine on May 20th in a fucking blizzard. Like, I get that that's a thing that does happen sometimes, but, like, also, this movie did not have my attention enough to do something so out of place No, even <laughs> without if you explanation. Even if you were watching, there is no explanation for that snowstorm. Yeah. They do not offer one. Okay, so that's that's... Just like a mental thing, but... They also don't offer any explanation for why the next morning she can walk out there in just her jeans and, like, a rolled-up flannel and be fine. I know. Um, My next note, though, is Jake is such a fucking dumbass. 
uh, because that was specifically written like about the conversation, like maybe I'll get myself killed and make it simple for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my next note is Bella, you're also a fucking dumbass. I don't know what happened. Like, what the fuck? You know exactly what the fuck you were doing there. You did it on purpose. Stop acting like you didn't do it on fucking purpose. Yeah, I know. Anyway. And that's the thing is, like, in the book, that's exactly how it happens. Like, it took me a second to grasp what he was saying, and all the while he was looking at me with this superior expression, so sure of my reaction. As soon as the realization hit, though, I blurted out the words without stopping to count the cost. Will you kiss me, Jacob? Uh, and then he kisses her. Blah, 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 blah. And she is trying to pull away from him at some point. Mm. He was too strong to recognize that my hands, trying to yank his hair out by the roots, meant to cause him pain. Instead of anger, he imagined passion. He thought I was finally responding to him. With a wild gasp, he brought his mouth back to mine, his fingers clutching frantically against the skin of my waist. The jolt of anger unbalanced my tenuous hold on self-control. His unexpected, ecstatic response overthrew it entirely. If there had only been triumph, I might have been able to resist him. But the utter defenselessness of his sudden joy cracked my determination, disabled it. My brain disconnected from my body, and I was kissing him back. Against all reason, my lips were moving with his in the strange, confusing ways they'd never moved before. Because I didn't have to be careful with Jacob, and he certainly wasn't being careful with me. My fingers tightened in his hair, but I was pulling him closer now. So, like, there's no real transition between, like, fighting against him and, like, suddenly deciding, oh, no, this is something... Like, even though this is told from first-person point of view, it gives no clue as to what the fuck that Bella is actually feeling here. Like, or... Like, there's no self-examination at all. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm really, really angry. No, wait, I actually do like this. Guys... Guys, all you young dudes out there, this is not the way to have a relationship at all. No, ever. absolutely not. So the one thing I will say about this whole thing is that I actually do kind of like Edward's reaction to it. In that he's not mad. He's not trying to piss on her. He's not trying to like, you know, you're mine and you won't be anybody else's. He's like, yeah, you love him. I, you know, it's fine. I get it. Like, it's, this is a thing. Um, but, you know, she loves him more, and, like, she, he's who she's choosing. And he's kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the thing that I was like, this is the first emotionally intelligent thing that I have seen Edward Cullen do in the entire time I've been watching these movies. Like, oh, okay, 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 okay! Who knew you could do this? Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. So, like, in the book... She comes up and he says, she says, why aren't you angry with me? Why don't you hate me? Or haven't you heard the whole story yet? He says, I think I got a fairly comprehensive look. Jacob makes vivid mental pictures. Mm -hmm. I feel almost as bad for his pack as I do for myself. Poor Seth was getting nauseated, but Sam is making Jacob focus now. And then he says, you're only human. And she says, that's the most miserable defense I've ever heard. But you are human, Bella, and as much as I might wish otherwise, so is he. There are holes in your life that I can't fill, and I understand that. Uh, And then she says, but that's not true. That's what makes me so horrible. There are no holes. And he says, you love him. Uh, Every cell in my body ached to deny it. I love you more, I said. It was the best I could do. Yes, I know that too, but when I left you, Bella, I left you bleeding. Jacob was the one to stitch you back up again. That was bound to leave its mark on both of you. I'm not sure these kinds of stitches dissolve on their own. I can't blame either of you for something I made necessary. I may gain forgiveness, but that doesn't let me escape the consequences. So I was like, ah, okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. It took us till page 534 that something, <laughs> something, something good actually came of Jacob, or sorry, of the Edward being 109 years old. Like... He learned something. <coughs> I don't know. I'm shaking the book above my head. Like, <laughs> You also need to know that one of the reasons that I just could not bring myself to read this fucking book is that it is 629 pages long. Jesus fuck. Yeah. So, like, you... <sighs> Stephanie Meyer, one of the things that she kept saying at every single time she did an interview about these movies is that she's never taken a creative writing course. And I cannot tell you how obvious that is when you read these books that she's never taken a creative writing course. Um, she's also probably never talked to an actual American teenager and probably does not remember being a teenager herself. 
and also also probably has never given any any thought to what eternal life would actually be like i yes except in the case of rosalie (laughs) but i also don't remember how much of rosalie's backstory in that conversation was like quotes from the book and how much of it might be like the screenwriting i don't dramatized for for film well just like because one of the things that i liked about rosalie's conversation with bella is like talking about how they'll always be this yeah like they're always going to be you know 18 19 whatever years old uh and kind of like stuck there they won't get old they won't have kids they won't have grandkids they won't get to see each other like with wrinkles and, like, having grown together as people and all this kind of stuff because they're static. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I thought that, that 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 concept was fascinating, but it's not something that I ever remember reading about in the book, so I don't know if it's something that happened in the book. Yeah, and I think, I think the thing that's interesting about that is it leads, it gives you questions about the vampire biology, too, which I think is okay to have questions, like, and not have answers. And, yeah. Uh, which is to say... Do their brains stop developing? Like, we know, I don't remember the exact date, but, like, it's something like your taste buds continue to develop up until, like, the, your mid-20s or something like that. Like, if she got turned at, what, 18, 19, 20, like, she wasn't even a fully developed biological person. Well, I mean, like, d- dudes don't stop growing physically until they're in their mid-20s, too. So, like... Yeah. I mean... So it does yeah. give you some more questions about vampire biology. I want to back up for just a minute okay, from the tent to another thing that was just very much a what-the-fuck moment for me. I really appreciated oh, okay. <laughs> that they attempted to put a sex talk in here <laughs> because I thought it was a funny moment between father and daughter. I actually wrote down the virgin conversation is actually pretty funny. Yeah. But it also made me want to watch the movie less because, like, it is, it's intentionally awkward, right? And I, I, go, yeah. I get awkward really, really easily. Um, but it did also make me think about your, like, Marmel comment, especially as she was, like, trying to seduce Edward. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be, like, a sex boy. Like, what are you doing here? It was so awkward. But then, then... His Edward, it's too late for my soul, but I will protect yours. Yeah. What the fuck? She's like, okay, 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 okay. If we're talking about the eternal, internal mythology of Twilight. Uh Uh-huh. Bella has already decided to become a vampire. Edward is on board with her becoming a vampire regarding the marriage requirement. If we are to actually believe that all these vampires lose their souls upon becoming vampires, you're not protecting shit, dude. <laughs> I think I don't see. I I don't. I, I don't remember how that conversation happened in the book. I should have looked that up too. But it doesn't matter curious. because in the it movie, no, I know in the movie it's different. But like I like. But it was, it's one of those things where I feel like Twilight doesn't, the whole Twilight saga, with Edward in particular, doesn't know if they have an 18-year-old boy or a 100-year-old man. So, like, it's, I, I don't really necessarily have a ton of problems with Edward being like, I don't want to have sex with you until we're married because I'm from the year 1909. Yeah. And, like, this is, this is just how we would, we would do it. So, like, that part of it doesn't really bother me as no. much because, like... There's some there's the, logic there. There's logic there. But, like, tying it to, like, the whole saving your soul thing, like... That was on, the dude. what the like, fuck. That, what, what are you even talking... Like, she's gonna be damned because she has sex before marriage? Like, pfft, whatever. Especially if you are already damning her by turning her into a vampire. And that and that's what you... Like, if you truly believe that by turning her into a vampire, she's gonna lose whatever you call a soul... I don't know. Yeah. My feeling as a Christian on vampires is <laughs> if God made vampires, then they should have souls, right? Like, like they still that makes, die at some point. That still has, like, it, it, that has logic. Yeah. So I, I, I think that, I think that vampires, even though technically they would be undead creatures, I 
those? I still think they have souls. I mean, I still think they have we have control. the medical capability to bring people back from the dead now. Yes, we do. They're not not. They're not soulless. They're not undead. Yeah. No. 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 They're, they've still got their souls. It's fine. It's fine. Zombies. I'm a little less. It, little but they don't have a brain. Is the key well, with zombies? It kind of depends with zombies on what um, mythology you're using because you've got your sentient zombies, like an eye zombie and warm bodies. That's and true. Like that. That's true. Anyway, I have a question for you that is unrelated to Twilight but extremely related to zombies. Okay. Which apocalypse would you rather live through? And you can choose both or none. Okay. Zombies. Many non, non-thinking non versions. Okay. Or all of the country's electrical grid goes out. Uh, electrical grid. That's what I said! And all, so we read D&D. And somehow we came up on this topic of zombies. My my two female friends and I noped the fuck out of zombies. Yeah, fuck no. Our two male friends were like, zombies, totes. And then I was like, no, I would much rather live through the electrical grid going down. And like, you know, maybe we, we're going to lose a lot of progress, but we're, we'll be fine eventually. Listen, the one thing that happened this February is I did a lot of reading on the United States electrical grid, and Texas is in particular, and I know how close we are to actually having this happen in real right, life. Right, right. And and I'm also, and so my, but my, one of my male friends was like, this is way scarier because that's a thing that can actually happen. And I'm like, yeah, but because it's a thing that can actually happen, we do have a lot of plans for it. <laughs> Yeah, that and like there are so many alternative methods of getting power. Like there, we have a lot of other things that we can do. So like, and zombies can smell blood, and I still menstruate. Right. Well, I haven't menstruated in a while, but yes, like yes, zombies can smell blood. Zombies are like, uh, in in the event of a zombie apocalypse, I am going to throw myself at the nearest one and go out first wave. There is no way that I am surviving. I can't run. Have you seen me? I'm not outrunning anyone. I am the slowest one in a group. And they were both like, like no, we'll help you. We'll we'll save you. And we're all three of us are just like, nah, dude. Don't want. No. Like, do not, not, not want. But like, fuck nah. Like, uh-uh. No. Mm-mm. Give me the like, give me the power grid any day. Power grid. Okay. Great. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. And, and I, I seriously great. do wonder if this is split along gender lines. It could be. I, I strongly believe it is. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I, I believe it is. Okay. Um, we should Twilight. put this, we should put this, uh, this poll out when we, when we post this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's hard because there's more than, <laughs> there's more, there, we can only do four options. I know. Well, um, you know. You know, we could do it yeah. without gender, but we'll do it without gender. But I believe it is split along gender lines. Well, no, no, no. So what we say is, what we say is. Zombies and I'm a man. Zombies and I'm a woman. Power and I'm a man. Power and I'm a woman. But there's more than two genders. Is my point. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, but what if we make it all zombies? No. What if we, instead of doing a Twitter poll, like one of those... Ooh, survey monkey? Google... Yeah, survey monkey kind of things. We'll figure it out. Anyway... Expect this question coming to you. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize to everybody for how binary I was in that <laughs> in the in those answers. My my bad. Hey man, I'm it's so heteronormative. Yeah, but also there's a lot of uh, it's hard to unlearn some of this shit, and we're working it on is. it. We're obviously working on it. We're working on it. Okay, so okay. Speaking of working on things, the fact that in this movie, Bella calls Jacob chief at some point. I saw, I, I didn't I like, note it, like, I didn't write it down, but I, I, cr- like, I visibly cringed. I wrote it down, and I was like, oh my god, that is so racist! <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I wrote that down. Um, okay, okay, I'm getting towards the end of my notes. Here's another thing that, I'm just gonna keep going on rants about internal world building. Uh-huh. Why are the newborns made of glass? Like, was I just too fucking bored to pick up that detail? Did somebody explain it? Or was it just, poosh, somebody it's exploded? Not that 
No, they're all made of, they're all made of, uh, like, stone, basically. Like, because Victoria wasn't a newborn, and she was, like... Well, yeah, but she, her head, yes. So, okay, so straight up, it was, I am not still, I am still not sure why the newborns are made of glass, but it's kind of cool. Like, this was during the battle. Bullet uh-huh. two. Wait, why is she glass now, too? What is going on with the vampire biology? Well, no, it's that whole thing, um, like, basically when Bella is touching them ever, she she comments on all the time in the books anyway, about how they feel like they're marble, like, statues or mm-hmm. made of stone or something like that. Like, basically Stephanie Meyer's um, uh, mythology for vampires is that they're stoned. But they drink blood. I know, and they move, right? Like, none of it makes sense. It doesn't make but and that's also, what her she didn't whole shatter the same way everybody else shattered. And somebody, they, and they also turned to ash. Like, you don't fucking, like, mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, I, I'm gonna be real here. When I watched it today, I didn't actually, like, pay attention during the battle scenes because I just didn't care. Oh, no, I mean, it wasn't, again, again, I want to emphasize the point I made at, like, minute five of this podcast, which is, there was a giant fucking battle between a vampire army and the Cullen family and the random alliance they made with the werewolves so we could have fucking werewolves in this battle. And it was dull as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Dull as shit. I will it say was. I was a little bit afraid. This is the far first time in the entirety of the six fucking hours of Twilight I have now watched that I have ever been Still scared. Got four more. I'm so annoyed. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so angry. Um, oh my god! First time ever in this series that I had an emotion, and I was a little bit afraid that they were going to kill Seth, the little fifteen-year-old um, werewolf. Oh, believe me, I know who Seth is. Do you? Did you recognize the actor who plays Seth? No. He was in Julie and the Phantoms. Oh my god. He's Willie. Oh my god! It's, it's Boo Boo Stewart! I love him so much! Oh, babe. I'm glad they yeah. didn't kill him. I'm also glad they didn't kill him. I, I, I read the book, so I knew he wasn't going to die, but, um, you know, you never know what they're going to change <laughs> right. in the movie. I was very glad that Seth survived. I, I didn't think they were going to kill Seth, but, like, it was the only time I ever had a little bit of, like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I love Seth. He's precious. And Boo Boo Stewart, I just, I fucking adore. He's so great. Um, I do, okay, last bit of internal logic that I want to harp oh, on. And then I have one All more right. thing I liked. Um, I didn't highlight it. It's not a big thing. So, obviously, the Volturi come. They have this whole, like, blah, 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 blah with the Cullens. Uh, Dakota Fanning is very short. I did not realize she's how short she is. Very short. <laughs> she's very short. Um, the, I'm going to Google this real quick. How tall is Dakota Fanning? Possibly the best actress, best actor in the entire series. Uh, Michael Sheen is in it, so... Oh. Wait, what? He was in the last movie. He's the... Oh, fuck, the yeah, he is. He's the Volturi guy, yeah. All right, but he's hamming it up. Um, he's five. She's five four. She is very short. Her sister is taller than her. Okay. So anyway, they have the Cullens have offered this one newborn vampire sanctuary in a Cullenish manner. Made a lot of sense. No questions there. Voltari come in, and they're like, "No, we have to kill her," and they just like fucking let it happen. Right after they told her that they would offer her sanctuary. And, like, mm-hmm. I kind of get, like, they're, like, not going to go up against this big fucking Italian mafia, especially with, like, the scary-ass chick that right there. But, like, at the same fucking time, I was just, like, you just committed vampire murder, like, at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that every, there's been a lot of death in this battle. They were literally murdering other people. But, like, you said you would save this girl. And then when push came to shove, you were like, nah, dude, fucking sorry. Well, yes. Yes, they did, because they don't know this girl, and she's a newborn vampire, and, like, 
I'm just saying. The Volturi could actually end them all. No, I I kind of get it. But at the same time, much like Bryce Dallas Howard taking this part, leaves a bad fucking taste in your mouth. Yeah, no, I get that. I and so, like, the, and for this to be one of the very last things that happens in the movie, I was just like, you guys are actually bitches. <laughs> Turned over at the slightest hint of a Like, you did not pushback. argue for that at all. No. Zero I argument. didn't even try. Um, however, I did very much enjoy the slow pan of all these vampires right after this battle in their little pose as a family in their, like, fucking non-branded North Face. <laughs> I, I don't, there is something about any time the Cullens are, like, arrayed as a family that I'm like, there should be some sort of secret spy music playing in the background because they're all always wearing their off-branded North Face. I'm like... <laughs> Pacific Northwest now, but like you weren't all originally, so like, why are we all wearing matching clothing all the time? It's just such a good. It's like the one really good internally consistent detail is that they yeah. are very Pacific Northwest. Ugh, it's so funny. Oh my fucking god. Anyway, my last note is that was fucking awful. Yeah, it's not a good film. It's bad. It's just straight bad. Like it's one of those that like I I I will genuinely watch the first film occasionally just because like it's funny and bad. This one is just bad bad. I mean, we've had this talk a couple times already, but like the leaning into the camp mm-hmm. would do a lot. Like especially if they like didn't just make the Cullens in their non-branded North Face, but, like, went full flannel with it. Like, if somebody was showing up in, like, a full denim lumberjack kind of outfit, but also a vampire. Right. That could be really fun. And I think that's my biggest fucking frustration with these movies, is, like, they go, there are, much like you were talking about with the mom, like, they get, they tiptoe right up to the line of something interesting, and then they just yank it right back. Yeah. It's true. It's true. <sighs> I watched a different movie today, too, that I liked a lot more. Which one? It's called The Duff. The Designated Ugly Fat Friend. Oh. Is what that stands for. But it's a movie from 2015. I don't know why I said it like that. 2015. Um, that uh, it starred Mae Whitman, I think is her name. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, the, the voice cousin, of Katara. Yes, the voice of Katara. And the, and it also starred the cousin of Stephen Amell, the guy from Green, or from Arrow. Oh. Um, his name is Robbie. Robbie Amell. I know yeah. who he is, uh, from, for embarrassing reasons. Uh, he was in... He was a love interest in Life with Derek for a while for Casey. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So <laughs> I've never watched Life with Derek. But he they, they were both in this movie. And it's funny because it was only from six years ago when they were both in their late 20s <laughs> playing high school students. Oh, no. <laughs> it was hysterical. But, like, the thing that I liked about it is that, like, it had actually good female friendships in it. And um, it had... Uh, oh, let me look up his name. I'm so blanking on it right now. This has actually shown up in my little Netflix, like, uh, roundabout thing. Yeah, that's why I watched it. Because when I went to Netflix, it was, like, the first thing on the... And I do uh, like Mae Whitman. If you enjoyed Mae Whitman's acting, you should check out the first season of Good Girls. I hear it goes a little bit off the rails, but I really enjoyed the first season. Okay, I'll do it. Um, Ken Jong is the, the person I was thinking of. Because, like, he's... He's in. He was in Community, and I loved him in Community. That's, okay, I was double checking. I didn't know. I couldn't yeah. recognize the name, but like, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a comedian, right? Like, that's yes, he's a comedian. But the thing that I liked about him in this movie is that he didn't do his typical comedian shtick in this. Oh, nice. Like, he was actually like he was actually one of my favorite of the teacher like characters. I really really enjoyed him a lot. Um, and it was it was such a departure from what I was expecting of him in this film, in this role, nice. which I've seen him do before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was really cool. 
And, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, it had a, it had a scene with her mom too, who was played by Allison Janney. And like, let me tell you, I really appreciate Allison Janney's commitment to appearing in teen romantic comedies as like <laughs> mom and principal characters. Like, love her, love her to death. So she plays Mae Whitman's mom in this. And there, she's just recently gone, not recently, but within the last four years, gone through a divorce. And after the divorce, she basically became a motivational speaker about the five, like this five stages of grief, but it was like the five stages of getting over your divorce and like becoming your best self and that kind of thing. Uh Um, And so like, there's this, all this whole kind of storyline about how she isn't listening to her daughter because instead she's like motivationally speaking at her daughter about her daughter's problems. Oh. And then... She finally has this scene at the end where she actually, like, listens to what's going on with her daughter, and they had this really great kind of bonding. Like, it was just great. It was, like, there were parts of it that were just so good, mm-hmm. and the rest of it was kind of like, eh, it's a teen romantic comedy. You know, it's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, like, way better than Twilight. <laughs> I also watched so. a movie recently that was way better than Twilight. I, uh, finally, after, I don't even know how many years it's been... Finally watched School of Rock for the first time. Oh. That was delightful. So I uh, have not watched that movie in a hot minute, but I have recently, within the last three years, seen the Broadway play. Uh Uh-huh. And I did not know, I did not realize that Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber is the writer of that music. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Cats? You also did the School of Rock. What? It was so random. But anyway, uh, it was great. Like the 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 musical is phenomenal. If you ever get a chance to see it, the movie I it's fine. I like it. Yeah. But the, the musical is so good. I I enjoyed the movie quite a lot. I thought you know <laughs> it was really good. It was you know it was fun. It was fun. It uh-huh. was a romp. It was a romp. Yeah. The thing that I really I don't I haven't seen the movie in quite some time. But the thing that I really liked about the play anyway is that they have this whole song in the middle about these kids and their relationships with their parents mm-hmm. and why their relationship with um, What's-His-Butt is so important to them and, like, how he's an adult that actually listens to them and, like, gets excited about the things they're excited about and, you know, pays attention to their dreams and hopes and stuff like that, which was, like, such a sweet, like, like scene in this play. And, like, at the end of that song, I was, like, full-on sobbing about these children and their problems. <laughs> Aww. It was a it was a lot. It was a lot. Anyway, don't watch Twilight. Watch either of those movies instead. Instead, way better. And if you if you get the chance, go see School of Rock. Um, not on Broadway because I didn't go to New York, but I just met I saw the play. Uh, watch School of Rock the play if you get a chance. It's good. And that's all we have for you today. Capricorn, isn't it enough? Haven't you suffered enough? Um, do you want to just combine the next two movies into one podcast? Uh, let me get back to you on that, because it'll probably depend on the notes for the first movie. Okay. Um. It ends on a cliffhanger, is all I'm saying. No, I think, yeah, let me get back to you on that. Okay. As usual, you can find us on social media. I'm at Classlicity. I'm at Marinish. And our official Twitter is at DeepHeartHockey, which is where you will find our poll about zombies versus electrical grid going down there's one right answer you know which one it is you do know which one it is that's but uh, i want your honest opinions i do want your honest opinions you can also send us emails to deephearthockey at gmail.com if you have any uh long-winded reasoning for your choice for the apocalypse mm-hmm. we would love to read about it mm-hmm. or if you have any opinions about uh the twilight films or books or uh other romantic comedies or not romantic comedies since that's not what school of rock is that you may have watched recently yeah actually the weakest part of school of rock was when they flirted with the romance between dewey and jane Curtin. agreed weakest part uh agreed yeah um not what i was there for not at all anyway also you can find our blog should you desire I mean, apparently Jamie and Alexia got into a fight tonight. If you would like to see him standing next to normal-sized people. You know what's funny is that that's the, that's the entry we always bring up when we do. It's a great entry. It is. I'm honestly more proud of that than pretty much anything I've ever written. <laughs> it was 
pretty fucking funny. And it got his cousin to follow me on Twitter for a little while. <laughs> I don't think he still does, but he did for a little while. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed the five minutes of hockey talk we had. <laughs> the Listen, at this point, if you don't know what you're here for, I don't know why you keep downloading the episodes, but thank you. Yes, thank you. We really do appreciate our listeners who remain. <laughs> And we understand why the others have left. It's fine. We do. Um, we would love to have some audience participation on the next one. So if you have any observances or questions that you have about the fourth and fifth of the Twilight Saga films, uh, did you know there was a fifth one? They broke the last book up into two. Carolyn did not know. Um, then, you know, feel free to slip them to us. That sounded creepy, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> Slide into those DMs. Slide into those DMs. Honestly, you might want to slide into my DMs so you don't spoil it for Carolyn. Yeah. Until no. after she's watching. Marin only. Marin only. My DMs are open, so feel free to slide into them with your observances about the fourth and fifth films. At Marinish. Or any specific questions you would like us to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Is that all we have? I feel like that's all we have. Do you remember that part in the movie <laughs> where Jacob says... I could care less. No? Oh, God, there was a part I wrote it down in my notes because I'm that pedantic whore. Uh, it was when he showed up in front of the school and Jacob goes, I could care less what you need. Me out loud in my room to myself goes, so you do care a little. <laughs> Let's leave it there. <laughs>